Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers what's happening in the search for treatments for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. We are your co-hosts. I'm Shanti Skiffington. And I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. So welcome to our third episode. Uh, If you have been tuning in, our first two episodes were focused on the situation surrounding Alzheimer's disease, and then our second episode was on Parkinson's disease. And basically, we discussed how uh, both of these diseases, while Parkinson's has some symptomatic therapies, they truly have no available therapy to stop the underlying root cause of disease. Um, And Elliot, you spent a lot of time talking about how it's such an exciting time for drug developers focused on these diseases because now, after years of searching, we finally understand the root cause of these diseases, which gives drug developers uh, a real credible target to aim their efforts at. But now that we have a new drug target, we need new ways to measure the effectiveness of drug candidates that are coming into clinical trials. So today, we're going to talk about biomarkers. And Elliot's going to explain what they are and why they are so important, particularly for these diseases. So Elliot, thank you again for being our guest. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) And uh, let me begin uh, with just a simple, I'll call it everyday definition of what what is a biomarker? You know, what are we talking about? So... um, a biomarker is, simply put, is something something uh, we can measure reliably, you know, from date to date or over time, something that we can measure reliably that indicates whether the patient's disease is progressing, getting worse, is stable, or is regressing, regressing under therapy. So ideally, something we can measure easily and repeatedly, in that case, the ideal biomarker uh, would be available to measure in blood tests which we can be repeated on a regular basis, are not very invasive and very easy to do. So that's the ideal biomarker, a blood-based element or something we can measure uh, that's indicative of whether the patient is responding or not to therapy. So maybe you could give our listeners an example that maybe we could all recognize from another disease state, uh, an example of a biomarker that is used commonly and has shown very good success. Sure. Um, Let's turn to the field of cancer therapy, where there are several numerous biomarkers for for different types of cancers. Um, A good example would be prostate cancer. The biomarker in this case, which can be measured in the blood, is something called PSA, prostate-specific antigen. Um, And what prostate-specific antigen does is its levels will increase, stay stable, or decrease depending on whether the patient's tumor or cancer is increasing, is stable, or is decreasing. And these changes in PSA levels in the blood occur in advance of actually the clinical signs and symptoms of this cancer progressing. So give us a good indication of whether the treatment the patient is on or has been been on is working, i.e. the tumor's regressing, or stabilize the patient, or the patient's not responding and another treatment or additional treatment needs to be indicated. So it's a very valuable, practical guide to whether patients are responding to therapy or not. And that's exactly the same thing we want to find or have at our disposal for these neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and ALS. Is there something we can readily and easily measure 
in the blood, ideally, that would tell us that the treatment that the patient is taking in a clinical trial, for example, that the patient is actually responding to that treatment or not. So that's really the, uh, the whole idea behind biomarkers. And there's tremendous excitement uh, and energy in the pharmaceutical industry, as well as in academia, at the NIH and government agencies about this, we call it biomarker initiative in neurodegenerative diseases. So tell us why a biomarker would be especially valuable in neurodegenerative diseases. Yes, there's a number of reasons for that. If you look at the history of drug, the disappointing history of drug development uh, so far in Alzheimer's disease, in ALS, and all neurodegenerative diseases, um, what, what, what have we learned? If, aside from learning from all these failures that it's not plaque that's driving the disease, Alzheimer's disease, uh, but something called the toxic oligomer, and that's the underlying cause of, or driver, if you like, of multiple neurodegenerative diseases, uh, drugs... Prior drugs failed in development, uh, but the developments took eight to 10 years in the clinic, hundreds of millions of dollars, and we've seen these failures over the last 15 to 20 years. So biomarker should allow us, a validated or valid biomarker should allow us to do much more efficient drug development. So here's the idea. Um, a, a biomarker in the blood uh, that, that measures or is indicative of cell death, the dying of brain cells. That's the underlying the underlying event, if you like, that's causing these diseases, brain cells dying in different parts of the brain. If we had a biomarker that could tell us that under therapy in a clinical trial that less neurons are dying or the death level is stable or it's increasing, the disease is progressing, we would be able to see this early on in the clinical trial. Whereas if we have to wait for clinical signs and symptoms, that can take many years to see if they've changed subtly or not over time. So a biomarker may give us a very early sign that the patient is responding to therapy, and then we can push that program forward. Conversely, which is often the case in drug development, if biomarker response is indicating that the patient is, uh, that the product, the drug the patient is taking is not slowing the death of neurons or stopping the death of neurons, then that drug development program could be stopped very early because it would have very little if no chance of success. So it allows for early decision-making and what we call a no-go decision. There's no point in taking a product that shows no biomarker effect into later phase trials for hundreds of millions of dollars. You could stop that very early on and focus your efforts on another product. Conversely, if the biomarker evidence is showing that the patient is responding in other words, that there's less death, there's a slowing or stopping of the killing of neurons, one could then accelerate the development plan and even discuss or negotiate with regulatory authorities for a fast-track development approval. So in both instances, a biomarker allows us to push forward a program that's promising very early and quickly and to stop very early and quickly programs that are not promising. That's revolutionary in drug development. Yes, and it sounds like that's probably why the FDA has issued an urgent need for biomarkers, particularly for these diseases, because there aren't any disease-modifying therapies or therapies that can stop the progression of disease. And um, as you've mentioned in our past episodes, we, we did have ways to measure the effectiveness of drugs uh, against this disease, except we were working on the wrong target. Uh, we thought plaque, for example, had caused Alzheimer's. And now uh, researchers understand better 
what is the root cause of these diseases? And that's why we need new biomarkers. Can you can you talk a little bit more maybe for listeners who haven't heard our past two episodes about this new understanding of the root cause of these diseases? Yes, uh, of course. And, and, and this understanding really is what lights up hope for the future. So um, originally it was believed that plaque was uh, like in cardiovascular disease where our vascular plaque, plaque in the blood vessels, is choking the blood vessels and leading to strokes and heart attack. Um, that was in the roughly, you know, really came to the fore in the 1990s. It was believed that plaque in the brain was doing the same thing, but somehow choking the neurons, the brain cells. Uh, and animal models were developed then to create plaque in the brain of, of animals. And then drugs were developed to remove the plaque. Those drugs were put into clinical trials. And guess what? They failed. Um, and so what we learned from those trials and the hundreds of millions of dollars spent that plaque is not toxic. And we actually know that now because we can grow human neurons uh, in, in, in the lab very reliably. And if you put plaque in those cultures of human growing human neurons, it's not toxic at all. But very small clumps called oligomers that are misfolded forms of an otherwise normal protein, in this case in Alzheimer's disease, misfolded clumps of amyloid beta called toxic oligomers that we now know are directly deadly to neurons and also spread through the brain, killing neurons and causing the disease. So we have a very clear understanding of the root cause. Um, so what we really want to look at now, bringing it back to biomarkers, is since these toxic oligomers are killing neurons, if we have a biomarker that indicates whether a neuron or neurons are dying at a greater rate or slower rate, we would have an early predictor of whether the patient is responding to the drug. And um, I think in future podcasts, we'll talk much more specific, specifically about one or two biomarkers that are really looking very exciting in this sense. Yes, uh, and that will be uh, a great episode where we really look into the future. Um, so I guess uh, we'll close this episode simply by saying uh and again, restating the value of biomarkers for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Um, as you said, Elliot, uh, to me offline, you know, biomarkers are able to find the leaky boats before you send them out into the harbor. And the gruesome statistic is, is that one in 10 clinical trials uh, are, succeed. So nine trials fail. And for these particular disease states, if we could figure out which drug candidates are working earlier, perhaps we can fast track those and, you know, get the leaky boats out before sending them off into the harbor. So um, any final words before we wrap up this session? Uh, yes, just a couple, um, you know, building on what you've just said and, and some of the earlier comments in this podcast there is hope on the horizon now because there's a clear understanding of the root cause of these neurodegenerative diseases. It's a toxic misfolded form of an otherwise normal protein, the toxic oligomer. So we know the cause. There are several biomarkers that are becoming available and are in the course of validation that will really help us to do exactly what you mentioned, talking about the leaky boats. And that is allow us to identify products and programs that are very promising because we're seeing a slowing or stopping of the killing of neurons. And importantly, because as you mentioned, there's nine out of 10 programs that go into the clinic across the board, not just in neurodegen, but nine out of 10 clinic products that go into the cl in clinical tests, only one actually gets approved 
on average. And obviously, the history has been even more dire, if you like, in neurodegenerative diseases until now that we understand the root cause. So we have this high failure rate in drug development. The important thing then is to be able to very quickly and cost-effectively for tens of millions of dollars, not hundreds of millions of dollars, stop the programs that really have very little merit to go forward and push those that do. And that's really the impact both for drug developers, the economy, of course, the payers, and and most importantly, the patients and caregivers. Early, early view of patient response to therapy and then continuing that therapy or switching to another one is really an extremely valuable thing to have at hand. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more in a subsequent podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I know there are many millions of patients and families watching drug development for these two diseases very carefully. So certainly uh, we want to give them hope. Um, We will talk more about this in our next episode, episode four, where Elliot will talk about the current uh, biomarkers being used in these diseases and talk about what's what's hopeful on the horizon. So please tune in to our next episode. And thanks for joining today.